0: If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. Hi, this is Lady Petra. I'm Safa Master. And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers. Cheers. What are we
1: drinking? Mm.
0: So we are partaking in uh, Casamigos Mezcal. It's delicious. Smoky. It's very smoky. Mm. I think you were introduced to this when you went back to New York. Yeah. And... Since then, this has been one of our favorites. We keep buying over and over. Uh, it's from Oaxaca, Mexico. And they actually number the bottle. So this is uh, bottle 24058, apparently.
1: Yes, delicious. When, when I was in New York with visiting my son, we ended up, and it was pouring rain outside, we ended up in a little Mexican bar, <clears throat> like a restaurant. The bartender was clearly, like, fresh, fresh from Mexico. Really? But he spoke a little bit of English, and so mm-hmm. we took, we asked him some questions. My son says he's a little Spanish. We discovered he was p- part of the, from part the part of Mexico where this mezcal is made.
0: Oh, wow.
1: And he said it's by far and away his favorite mezcal. So he, he pulled it off. There must have been like 100 bottles of mezcal on the, yeah or in tequila on the shelf. But he pulled this one down and gave it to us, and it's been a winner.
0: It's really been a winner. Yeah. I know that there's a little um, kind of a Tex-Mex a locale that we frequent in Seattle that has, like, Sunday or Monday nights, half-off tequila shots and mezcals. And we've t- gone there and tried other ones yeah. that have other types of fragrance or flowers I mean, or melon sidekicks to it. But um, this one, I will it's tried and true. I can buy it every time and know what I'm getting.
1: Yeah. Just and really It's, love it's it. not too smoky, which I like. Yeah. But it's got a definite difference in its um over sort of the, the overtones than tequila. Tequila's a much sharper taste than this. So it's much smoother.
0: Yeah, and it's for me it's you know, sometimes when you get a scotch or a whiskey that has a lot of smoke in it or a little more um oaky tones. Uh, this is like a sipping. This mm. I can sip this like I would a whiskey or a scotch. Hundred percent, yeah. Yeah. It's really good. It's really good. Okay. Right. Well what are we gonna talk about today?
1: fair question. We've tossed around a bunch of different ideas. Yeah. And I think the, the place that we landed on was just about being present. Mm-hmm. You know, um, life occurs moment by moment. Yeah. And as human beings, we have a tendency to live inside that story we have ongoing in our head. Yeah. And so, you know, you talked about it a little bit in the podcast previously, maybe yesterday, where you said, you, you might have been having sex, but you were doing the laundry list or, right, like that's not being present. And right. we talked about how valuable our play sessions are because we tend to be present. And I would add that we also tend to be more present in our day-to-day life mm-hmm. than people often are because they're occupied with whatever. They're always on to the <clears throat>
0: next thing. Right. Yeah.
1: There was a, um, a meditation, if you will, but, uh, uh, an exercise that John Kabat-Zinn had proposed in getting present to being present, mm-hmm. and what he suggested you do is that you take a couple raisins and you put them on the table in front of you, mm-hmm. and you encounter them as if it's the first time you've ever encountered a raisin, and you you look at them and you you deal with their texture and the smell, and you chew on them and you, you 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 have the flavor of them and you the the te- the texture of the chew, and you just you just be with raisins like for the very first time. Wow. And it's a really powerful exercise because it's true, we, we, we just shovel things into our face while we're watching TV or, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're eating and drinking in a restaurant with friends and we don't really pay attention to what we order. Yeah, especially if, yeah, you in know? that kind of scenario. Yeah. But, but the argument is that we deal with a whole life like that. Like our whole life is a, um, a life that occurs in a story in our head, not actually present to where we are at the moment. Mm-hmm. And one of the real advantages of being present is you get to really be in your life. You get, you get to experience it.
0: I think it, it plays off of the old saying, you know, stop and smell the roses mm-hmm. to, a, to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to stop, like you say, and be present you know, it would be really easy on a walk, let's say, we go walking down to the beach and get down to the beach and I'm looking for the closest thing to sit on and I immediately start to read or something. Let's just say I do oh, that. People
1: get on their phones
0: today. Right. Yeah. Versus I just walked down to a beach in front of a lake. Yeah. In a city. Yeah. Yeah doesn't happen very often. People don't have access. Not everywhere in, in the country do people have access to that. And that I, even to be present for, if, if my intention was to go down there and read, I'm not saying that's wrong, but to be present to where I'm at and just be
1: aware of that and take it in, I think that's profound. Yeah, I like to take a photograph from the same place every day mm-hmm. at that beach because yeah. the the view across the water... Is so variable, based on the time of day, the season, the the, the nature of the cloud cover. Right. And today it was really interesting. You know, we don't normally see big cumulonimbus clouds in Seattle. Right. But they were there today. We saw this. We were looking for shapes, and we found a the penis a, a, cloud. The penis cloud. Yeah, we found a penis cloud. <laughs> of course, we found we should, the penis we post cloud. Post that picture. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think being present is a very important notion in relationship, right? Because it's a, it's the idea of being present to your partner right? and being present to what they're about and being present to the relationship you're creating. And so we had another intention today which was to extend that conversation out to talking about power and force. So um. Before you even get there, you actually have to talk about enrollment and registration. Correct. Right? So right. you know, in a in a DS dynamic, there's a dominant driven um context to the setup. Right. Right? The submissive in that DS dynamic is generally not driving the relationship. Right. Not not overtly. Now we yeah. talked a little bit about typing from the bottom. Right. And, and that's, a, that's a whole other conversation um, in the context of intensity of play and so forth. Yeah. But what I'm, what I'm really interested in is this idea of enrollment and registration. So, you know, one of the things you and I talk about in our relationship is how there really isn't a, a negotiation that takes place in, in, around what we're up to. We're just in communication, Mm -hmm. and I share with you what I'm thinking about, and you get excited about it, so you're enrolled.
0: Right.
1: And then when it comes time to get ready to play, we just send you off to get ready, and you come back, and then you're sort of in your mind, that's what's going to happen today. Mm -hmm. And so you're you're registered in it. Right. Right? So there's enrollment and registration. Mm -hmm. So one of the ways you enroll people is you share with them what you're up to. Like, that's how you get people excited about what you're up to.
0: Right.
1: You don't say to them, you have to be excited about what I'm up to. (laughs) You just be excited about what you're up to, and people get enrolled in that excitement. Mm -hmm. I can get you enrolled in rugby, for instance, just by talking about the game, right? I can Mm -hmm. get you enrolled and excited about rugby Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever, football or whatever, right? right? So, now we're talking about a dominant-submissive dynamic, Right, And the question that really comes to the surface for me is a question of the relationship between force and power.
0: Right. We've talked about this a little bit. Yeah. And I've experienced it even in online situations. Mm. Um, and um, I think defining uh force and power for them first would give us some context okay. to, to play off of.
1: Yeah, so... When you interact with another human being, let's mm-hmm. say in an employment situation, mm-hmm. you, you, you have positional power, right? Because you're the boss and you have employees who work for you. So you have right. positional power and you can tell them what to do. And if they don't do it, they might get fired. Right. So that's using positional power. Correct. Right. Enrollment gets people excited about being at work and taking on the task and being responsible for what they're doing. And that's using sort of a softer power. That's personal power
0: mm-hmm.
1: versus positional power. Okay. So now if we shift that to a DS dynamic, it's the same idea. You've got positional power as the dom over the submissive. And by agreement, that's kind of their relationship. So now I can tell you Do X. Correct. And you might have a notion like you better do it or you're likely to get punished, for example. Right. Or I can use my personal power and enroll you in what I'd like you to participate in with me in a scene. Right. Without you having a fear context to if I don't participate.
0: So force is often hand in hand with fear. I think force is punitive, right?
1: And coercive and punitive. And I think power is really more in the realm in this conversation about personal power as opposed to positional power. Force is positional power.
0: Well, and what I was leading to is um, power, personal or, or positional power, is utilizing enrollment and registration in both situations. There's different... There's different um, motivations behind those, but they're similar. Yeah. And force for me is coercion and fear, consequences is the driving force of why
1: you, you get the end result or don't get the end result. Right, now I wanna make sure that I'm clear. I'm not saying either one is right and either one correct. is wrong. Correct, correct. It's quite possible that a dom and a sub have a relationship that's based on testing and punishment
0: exactly right. right 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 there's nothing wrong with that
1: Correct. If that's the agreement right yes and and where I sit like my context for our dynamic yeah is is to really keep you more enrolled in creating what our dynamic is yourself right like I've said to you I think early on when we first started um, dating you wondered like can you initiate something right and right. I said well of course you can just get yourself ready and present yourself. And if I find you there, then I know that's what you're up for and you can create that, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's you enrolling and registering me in in your initiation of a scene, for example. Right. It's not to say that that's how we ordinarily interact, but if you were feeling like that's what was important for you to create, you, you have the freedom to create that because we've created that as an agreement. Right. Yeah, so... You know, there's a lot in this conversation, right? We're talking about being present. Mm -hmm. In other words, like not being somewhere else when you're with your partner, but being present to what they're about. Mm -hmm. We're talking about enrolling them in the conversation or the scene or the dynamic and registering. Enrollment and registering is like enrollment's getting people excited. Registration is asking them to do something.
0: That they want to do that that you want them to do but they want to do it because they want to do it.
1: That's how it I mean occurs. that's how they're registered. Yes, that's how it occurs from a personal power soft power standpoint. Okay. You do something I want you to do because you want to do it. Right. That's what enrollment creates. Yeah. And the registration is not like getting the the, the concluding com- conversation. So, you know, forcefully it's like go do this. And then you go do it or you get punished. There's a consequence that's right. punitive. So, you know, th- like that's the, th- that's the relationship, I think, between those three things, right? Mm-hmm. You have the relationship between being present to who you're with, right. enrolling them in what you're up to so that they want to participate. From my point of view, that's ideal. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the registration part is the actual execution of the conversation. It's scene. really
0: fascinating because really if you think about kink roles or different um, positions people take on yeah. in the kink community, you see exactly that. Mm-hmm. There are um, submissives who absolutely want to please and want to have clear a clear idea of what they're doing, enrollment, basically. Right. Uh, and then they want to fulfill on that i mean you know to the best that they can yeah. depending on the situation and then there's a whole other genre of people who uh will say brats that want to that doesn't matter what you say it's a force move let's let's just say that's what it is and they will um purposely defy it because right. they, they get they get what they need out of that. Yeah, there was cause a great there was a great
1: scene in the movie Secretary. Yeah, where she takes the bug out and puts it on the bed because she knows she's going to get a spanking. Right. Out of that. Right. And so she's being sort of bratty. Right. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. No, that's no, it's just scene. a different different dynamic. And
0: and it has to do with the way people are wired and what's that yeah. turn on. And so uh, that's interesting when you're looking for partners to align with someone that fits that. It, you can't just look at. Titles like on FetLife and say, Dom, oh, well then that's, that's a dominant. And, yeah. uh, and dominance are this. I remember first getting on FetLife, um, and not really understanding all of it. I mean, I'd always been kinky, but I didn't have any construct of these roles and things. And so as I get through and look at different things like master or Dom or top or bottom, you know, all these different roles, um, I made this blanket thing like, well, these people are dominants and these people are more submissive. And then it was kind of a blanket thing for me, like that's how they should act. And I found out quickly, no, there's a whole spectrum of the expectation of the dominant to whoever the submissive is, what they want and like or prefer, as well as from the submissive side, what dominance they like
1: and prefer. I remember when we were first texting one another, I was in France. Yeah, and you texted me. Somehow, something in the way you were talking to me had me believe you were interested in the notion of a master-slave dynamic, and so I, I asked when you about you that. But
0: you posed that question. I question,
1: but you sent me like this whole like list of Gorean poses and like <laughs> all of these like structures.
0: Yeah,
1: and I, I, and I was immediately clear that wasn't what I was interested in. That wasn't me. Okay. But you still tested me. Well, I did. I did. I wanted to find out more about who you were. I, I think also you were that. helping me to figure out who I was, because
0: I don't think I
1: understood. I just remember walking in out of a museum and getting this text from you about all this Gorian um, positions, positions, and positions and poses. And, poses. Mm-hmm. And, and I was just really struck how instantaneously that was at your fingertips. And it, it just occurred to me, like, wow, she's really been thinking about this.
0: Oh, I had. I Believe me, before, when I first got to FetLife, it was a big exploration of the glossary and looking at hundreds and hundreds of profiles and still not somewhat naive about the community itself. And then through people's postings and through other websites that were accessible based on what people post, I started doing research. And so I really looked, dove into, like, what is a slave? What does it mean? And I, and there are large parts of the slave that I really like. I really like. Um, it's in my nature. However, there's also some pretty significant ones that really deem you a slave that I am not into. But at the time, I thought, well, I'll just have to suck it up. and I, And that's inauthentic. I realize that now. But at the time, I was so desperate to connect with a community that spoke more to me in my sexual beingness. Um, I, I got in my head that that's what I had to be, I mean, and I also got it that it was hierarchical. Like to be a slave was the ultimate. Like it, you know, perfectionistic. It that's the ultimate. That shows you can. You really are committed. Right. And, which is silly. Which is, is so
1: silly. I, I remember that you. When you came to stay the first weekend that you came to stay, you told me later that you weren't really sure if I was just going to chain you to a corner for the weekend or not. Like you yeah. Weren't, you weren't sure what was going to happen. No, I had but, no idea. But you put yourself forward anyway because you were curious. Yeah, so I, I guess I guess as a way to sort of wrap this in a nice little parcel, there's this whole conversation that occurs Around a DS dynamic where there's a power differential, we mm-hmm. talk about our relationship as a total power exchange. Right. So now the question is, as a dom, how do I exercise that power? And I have two choices: I can either be um, use positional power, or I can use personal power. I'm making an argument for me anyway. What works best is this notion of enrolling you. Mm-hmm. in what I'm up to and getting you to participate because you want to participate and that's my construct as a Dom in a DS dynamic mm-hmm. that's a total power exchange 24-7 so that's that's how I create what I'm interested in and, and try and keep you enrolled in that conversation well and
0: that's a very familiar context for me because if you think about our years of coaching yeah um, that's what we do with anyone we're coaching right is we use the technique of enrollment and registration.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, getting people to do things because they want to do them, but they're really what we want them to do, but they right. want to do them because they want to do it, and it's a win-win on both sides. And that's a, that yeah. construct really um, feeds into my nature. Yeah. So I thrive in that context because I use that in my own professional life.
1: Yeah.
0: And so it makes sense to me. Sure. And
1: and I want to just uh, put a put a pin in this notion
0: mm-hmm.
1: that all of this is sourced in being present in the relationship, that like completely present, right. and not just present but present to your partner and what their experience of you is, mm-hmm. right? So that notion of being present is really powerful because what it creates is a sort of curiosity. Mm-hmm. about the other person and has them has 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 you has one able to respond to what you're seeing and not just to what you're thinking about not just your story
0: I agree I agree yeah, yeah. so so I got I yeah I and it's a good start to get us to bounce on to other topics in the future. Yes. So um, I feel complete about this right now. Do you feel complete? I do feel complete. Okay, yeah. great. Then uh, is there anything kinky in the news today? Let's see. Let's see. We must have it here.
1: So I found this, you know, COVID-19 is present in the news. And here's a story that I found in the news. It's a it's a story about a little company in um, England that is a medical fetish company. Ooh. Yeah. For for medical fetish people. Yeah. You know, like the gyno stuff. Yeah. And, and what they did was they said, we sent all of our supply oh. to the hospitals because we had just a few sets. We said, they said it was just a few sets because we don't carry large stocks, but they were desperate, so we just sent it to them free of charge. So we are a tiny company, and we set up to serve a small section of the King community, but... Uh, We find ourselves being sought out as a last resort supplier to our National Health Service in a time of crisis. It's something we did. There's something seriously wrong if a king company is providing the medical community with supplies.
0: Well, let me bounce off that for a second here. I just saw on Facebook or Twitter, Mm -hmm. New Balance has stopped making running shoes and is now making masks. Wow. And they had a picture on Twitter. I'll have to find it and post it also, but... um, that's significant. A shoe company is now completely switched what they're doing, and lots of companies on the private sector are doing this. the The issue is on at least in the U.S. a national um, push needs to be happening versus just the local mom and pop shops and private
1: industry. Yeah, this is a this is a national crisis. Yeah. So yeah, we can talk about that. I don't want to put a damper on our.
0: No. But I wanna hope that everyone stays well and safe and yeah. keeps their uh, social distancing up because that we really need to get on top of this pandemic. Yeah, make good choices. Yeah. That's it for today. You can find us on your favorite podcast directory. We also have an RSS feed. If you're interested in online coaching for kinksters or online domination, you can visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. And if you're uh, having comments or suggestions or drink ideas for our podcast, you can email me at ladypetrickplayground at gmail.com. That's it. That's it. Cheers. Cheers.